Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan. And I'm Jenny Beck Esme. Swami, it is gorgeous out. It is gorgeous. The spring in my step. You wouldn't even believe with the sunshine. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't even whistle. And I'm whistling while I walk down the road. Yeah, I was listening to some this old podcasts. And <laughs> um, really it's, good it's a at decent, it. decent whistle. Yeah, I was listening to some old podcasts <laughs> the other day. And like, we were talking about the spring coming like two months ago. And it just came. It literally just came. It, it made it. Spring is here. It's warm outside. You know, we talked about sort of the new diseases that we're going to see. And by disease, I mean gunshots and stab wounds. But right. that's not what we're going to talk about. Once again, today, we were going to talk about something a little less sexy, but something that we see all the time. What are we going to talk about today? So we had a couple of great talks today on skin and soft tissue infections, focusing on abscess management. And I thought that'd be perfect for us to dive into. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. We had a review of a couple of controversies in management from one of our PGY3s, Chris Wang, and a deep dive into a recent article in the New England Journal of Medicine that's causing a huge storm from one of our PGY4s, Aaron Arandondo. It's hard to cause anything near a storm when we talk about abscess management. So this must have been pretty good to cause that much of a stir. I mean, it's very I, exciting. I, I, it's hard for me to think that, but abscess management, it's really pretty simple. Patient has an abscess, you stick a knife in it, you drain the pus, you send them home. I mean, what controversies did Chris bring up that are so important? Well, Chris started with a discussion of cellulitis, actually, and talked about what things predict failure of outpatient treatment. A recent article in Academic EM turned up five major predictors of failure. Fever had an odds ratio of 4.3, chronic leg ulcers, an odds ratio of 2.5, chronic edema, an odds ratio of 2.5, prior cellulitis in the same area, an odds ratio of 2.1, and cellulitis at the site of a fresh wound, an odds ratio of 1.9. Yeah, we actually reviewed this article in Coriam back in March, and we'll drop a link to that in the show notes. The study had a number of flaws, but the findings here have faced validity. We've all seen patients who have these issues of bounce back to the ED after we send them home with treatment for their cellulitis, and these are things that we commonly turn up if they had a fever, especially things like chronic leg ulcers and edema. We know those aren't going to heal well, so I think this article sort of gives credence to what we thought was already going on. Absolutely. So then from there, let's get into some of the real controversy. Should we give antibiotics to patients with abscess after IND? No. You say that, Swami, but you have a reputation <laughs> as an EBM man. Do you really have the EBM to stand on here? All right. So let me expand a bit on my no. For thousands of years, abscesses have been treated by drainage, either spontaneous rupture of the pocket or drainage by a doctor. IND works. If you get the pus out, the majority of patients are going to do just fine. Well, that's what we've all been taught, but is it correct? In March 2016, the New England Journal of Medicine published an article entitled Trimethoprim Sulfamethoxazole versus Placebo for Uncomplicated Skin Abscesses. This was by a slew of EM guys, David Tallon, Bill Maurer, Fred Abrahamian, Greg Morin, and more. They found that the addition of TMP sulfa to IND resulted in a higher rate of cure, 80.5% versus 73.6%. That's an absolute difference of 6.9%, giving an NNT of 14. For every 14 patients with abscesses you give TMP sulfa to, one more patient will be cured. Not only that, but all the secondary outcomes of subsequent drainage, infections at other sites, and household infections were reduced. This sounds pretty game-changing to me. Well, before we get too excited about this, there are some big caveats here. The study was really well done. The methodology is amazing. And these guys did really strong work. And I want to commend them for the research that they did. 
The study had a pragmatic design and it included a lot of people we see in the ED with abscesses that wouldn't traditionally be covered in other studies. They would have been excluded. So, so far, I'm only hearing good things. This sounds great because it should make the findings more generalizable. Absolutely agree, but it comes at a cost. The authors recognize that many of the patients met, and I quote, other guideline criteria for antibiotic treatment. Why is this? Well, most patients had significant overlying cellulitis with the abscess. The median area of cellulitis, the median, was 20 square centimeters, and 20% of patients had over 70 square centimeters of cellulitis. Now, in my practice, and I think most would agree, if the patient has significant cellulitis overlying the abscess, well, we're not just going to IND them. We're sending them home on antibiotics anyway. Agreed. Often, after drainage, the skin redness recedes, but if there's residual, most of our faculty will give antibiotics to go home with. So what does this study actually tell us, and how does it guide our practice? It tells me that most small abscesses, regardless of some overlying cellulitis, will be cured by IND. In this study, it was 75%. If there's significant overlying cellulitis, send the patient home with antibiotics. And I'd add that if the patient's a diabetic or is on immunomodulators like steroids, I probably will give them antibiotics for their IND anyway. Basically, this study doesn't actually change much, except it actually questions giving antibiotics to healthy patients with mild overlying cellulitis since the IND cure rate was really high in this study. I have to say that's a lot different of a take-home point than what you get on first pass of this article. Rory Spiegel, the EM nerd, has a great discussion of the article over on his site, and we'll link to that in the show notes. There's a great post on the topic over on Rebel EM as well, discussing the article, and it also features an expert peer review commentary from Jillian Schmitz, who has done quite a bit of research in the area. So Jenny, back to the issue at hand. Patient comes in with an abscess, they're healthy without much overlying cellulitis, and you decide to IND it. Now here's the question, would you irrigate that cavity? I don't do that. I, I've never heard of that. While I was rotating on the hand service, one of my seniors told me to do that for an abscess I drained, and I just stared at him blankly like I didn't understand at all what he was talking. I cut, I squeeze, 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 it's super satisfying, and I call it a day. Yeah, I never irrigated either, but I remember that back when I was a junior faculty member, another faculty member looked at me like I was crazy for not irrigating. Apparently, this is a very regional thing, and it really depends on where you trained and who trained you. There's not a lot of literature to guide us here, but there was a nice piece on this back in March in the Annals of Emergency Medicine. Yeah, apparently March was a big month for abscesses. Yeah, this big <laughs> month. Big month. Uh, this article wins extra points for the title giving you all the information. Irrigation of cutaneous abscesses does not improve treatment success. Enough said. Oh, it's a great title. I mean, you basically don't have to read the rest of the paper, no, but, but we did. We, of course, read the rest of the paper. And what they basically did was they enrolled and randomized, but didn't blind 200 patients to irrigation or no irrigation. You can see how this could be hard to do the blinding part, obviously. And they found no significant difference in the need for further intervention. So for now, no irrigation needed. So I don't really want to do a deep dive here, but are you packing abscesses? Yeah, in general, I'm not. And you're right. This is a really deep dive. There's much more literature in this particular area. The literature here sort of speaks to no significant improvement with packing, and it's a pain, literally for the patient and also for us. So I typically will skip it. We did a deep dive on this on EM Lyceum back about a year or two ago, so we'll drop a link to that in the show notes. So a lot of great information here on skin and soft tissue infections, Jenny. You want to wrap it up for us? Absolutely. So first, when considering the dispo for your patients with cellulitis, there are a few factors that may predict higher chance of outpatient treatment failure. These are fever, chronic leg ulcers, chronic edema, prior cellulitis of the same area, and cellulitis at the site of a fresh wound. 
Second, we like to give antibiotics after abscess IND only in cases of surrounding cellulitis. Based on the recent New England Journal paper, it's likely that many, even with a little overlying cellulitis, will get better without antibiotics. And third, irrigating after an IND does not improve treatment success. Since it's not particularly comfortable for the patient and it, of course, puts you at risk of exposure due to pus and blood splashage everywhere, it's probably not necessary. Those are great take-home points. That's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up this Wednesday and a journal update on Thursday. Visit us on Facebook, and if you like us like the site, visit our Google Plus page and follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at core underscore em. Thanks, and see you all next week.